there's only one snack that can make me feel like I'm having the true movie theater experience, and that's popcorn. When my mom and I hang in for a girl's night, we have to get our fix, and that's where Kelly's Killer Popcorn comes in. They're a small batch gourmet popcorn company, and believe me, one bite and you'll be hooked. Made in Austin, Texas, this family-owned business has tons of flavors. My mom loves their salted agave caramel, while I have a hard time picking between black pepper or dill pickle. Hmm, maybe I'll just mix the bags together. Oh, and when my dad and brother crash our girls' night, you know that spicy nacho popcorn is coming out. Every flavor is popped in 100% real butter and is whole grain and gluten-free. Which flavor will you be choosing? Head on over to kellyskillerpopcorn.com to indulge yourself in some scary good gourmet popcorn. And make sure to tag them on Instagram at kellyskillerpopcorn so that they can see what movie you're pairing with their flavors. That's kellyskillerpopcorn.com for American-made, small-batch, delicious popcorn. This is The Gala Show. I'm your reporter on the beat, Gala Avery. On this episode, you may know my guest as a singer of Smash Mouth, a motorcycle enthusiast, or even as a voice actor for brands such as Taco Bell, Mattel, Hot Wheels, and Tostitos. But here on The Gala Show, I simply know him as my friend who loves watching movies, Zach Goody. Hi, Zach. Hi, Gala. So before we bring the topic today, I have a question for you. You're a dad to two wonderful boys. I love seeing pictures of them because they clearly have very different personalities, but <laughs> I can see you in both of them. So what is one movie that you can't wait to show each of your sons? Oh, wow. And it can be a different movie for each boy because I'm sure they're, they have different tastes. Put me on the spot. Um, well, they've both seen a lot of movies and a lot of weird movies. I tried to show them all the weird stuff I watched as a kid, you know, Yellow Submarine. and That's like um, one of the best ones to show them. Yeah. What's the other, the Belgian cartoon one, the French one? Uh, fan, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Fantastic Planet. Fantastic Planet. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, the Planet Sauvage. Yeah, yeah, that one. They, they, were, they, were, kind of, they were kind of creeped out by that one. Oh, um, so was I. Yeah. Uh, shoot, what do I want to show them? They, they already watched all the Universal Monster Horror, the box set, and like that. Because I know you and I have talked about like movies like sometimes that our parents showed us and like we were too young kind of to see them. Right, that's yeah. which is kind of an idea I'm working on for yeah, another, exactly, another project. Yeah. yeah, and so it's like, what? Like, are you waiting to show your son something? Like, is there something yeah. you're like, this is too good to show you right now? Uh, yeah, no, there's a there's a ton. I mean, a lot of the '80s stuff, which is like, you know, the the it's too sexy or whatever. Like, that's my my favorite genre. Probably is like, you know, teen exploitation. Like, too sexy. You know, the yeah. genre of too sexy. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like Fast Times and Last American Virgin and all that kind of stuff is obviously not appropriate for a seven or a ten year old. But then there's lots of stuff that um, I saw as a kid, which, uh, you know, you reassess years later because the rating system wasn't the same thing because I told you my dad owned basically the New Beverly of Provincetown, Massachusetts, yeah. where I grew up. So I grew up watching every possible, I mean, at age 10, you know, Rocky Horror, The Shining, Breathless, uh, Road Warrior, um, Film Noir, John Waters, Pink Fleming, every possible thing you could see as a 10 year old and Almost none of that is appropriate, you know, like um, probably the one like the sh- I saw the Shining and Clockwork Orange multiple times as a child. I'm trying to remember <laughs> the first time I saw those. I think I might have been a kid, too. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's 
it sticks it sticks with well, you, you i remember know? when my dad showed me deliverance uh we used to fast forward through the, the, the squeal like a pig scene wow we used to fast forward and then we would just watch the rest of it and to be honest still to this day i do fast forward that yeah that's pretty disturbing. I, that's it, still it's disturbing too, it's still yeah. too disturbing for me as 27 well i would the, the version that i used to watch the shining of was one that my dad had taped off network television so I still remember, like I memorized the lines, but it was all the edited lines. So, you know, he does, he has this whole thing where he goes like, he goes, uh, you've had your whole freaking life to think things over. And uh, so we sampled that on our first album like many years ago. And then there's the other part where he has the, she has the baseball bat and he's like, Wendy, you didn't let me finish my sentence. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains and I'm going to bash them right the hell in. <laughs> <laughs> so every time I watch The Shining, I remember the edited version. Um, so I don't have an answer for you. Um, there's so many movies I want to show to them. I actually want to show them Hard Day's Night soon. Oh, I think that yeah. I think that would be a good one. Um, have they have they seen Help? They haven't seen Help or Hard Day's Night. Only um, only uh, Yellow Submarine, and then they watched a bunch of the Get Back yeah. uh, thing, but they couldn't stick with it you know, mm. for all like whatever three hours. But they watched a bunch of it. Um, so there's, I mean, you know, my, I have a huge collection here of stuff to show them. Yeah, I you mean, do. <laughs> so they will be watching uh, all kinds of stuff, but I don't know. If kids are different these days, they don't necessarily care about the 70s and 80s stuff. Like, you know, not yet. You, not might, yet. you might have been the last generation of, you know, of kids that like their cool dads showed them stuff and they cared about it, you know? Give them, give them a few more years. Yeah. Once they're into like their teens. And then, That's what I'm thinking. And then yeah. girls start thinking That's it's kind of cool. I'm hoping it's not just going to be YouTube and, and, and manga forever. Yeah. Let's think. Well, <laughs> manga's not so bad. No, it's but cool, but full, it's just. Full, full disclosure. There should be more. I have a very large manga collection. Ooh, so yeah. full, full disclosure. Yeah, I got him. I, <laughs> I got him this one for his birthday. Uh, uh, Spy Family. Is that what it's oh called? yeah. And so I got him all nine, but then his mom had already got him two of them, so I returned them um, to Matsua, which is like where I go shop for yeah. my manga, the Japanese market. And uh, I know you want a Chainsaw Man, so I'm like, oh, I'm like, cool. So I got two Chainsaw Man one and two. So he read the first one. I, I glanced at the second one, and it's full on boobage. Yeah. It's like super inappropriate. I was like, so I'm like, you can't read that one. I took it back. <laughs> I thought they were all like, you know. No, no, no. Chainsaw Man is definitely that's a boobage. That's, yeah. a, that's a level of boobage that yeah, I, I don't think uh, he's ready for quite so yet. So I, I need to look a little closer because he's only, he's only 10. <laughs> yes, but you got him on a good path. Yeah, I hope so. I can give you some off-mic recommendations right, probably cool. for your son. Excellent. Now, as always, my guest gets to bring their topic to the mic. Zach, what are we going to be talking about today and why did you decide to choose it? Well... The idea that I thought of for my episode is the idea of, quote unquote, the new guy. Um, because as people may not know or may know out there, um, I joined the band Smash Mouth about two years ago as the new singer. Um, which people kind of found out about last week when Steve unfortunately passed away, the, the you know, the, the old singer of Smash Mouth. And so I think a lot of people didn't even know that I was in the band or they see me from a distance like, oh, he looks kind of like that guy. So um, this last couple of weeks have been very interesting with lots of messages and new followers and, you know, comments and the whole thing. And questions about what's going on. Yeah, because a lot of people didn't even know he was, he's been out of the band for years, you know. So um, and I've been touring with them for two summers now, you know, playing tons and tons of shows all over the world. Um, but, you know, I think there's like a group of people that, you know, once the, they, they don't want to see anybody, they want the original lineup that you're like, you know, it's not the same. And then there's a group of people that don't even know or don't care or don't notice. And then a group of people who like me or the new guy. So, and I've had that thought too before, like when I went to go see Journey a couple of years ago at the Hollywood Bowl and they had the new guy and I'm like, you know, Journey is a lot of people like Steve Perry. I mean, the guy's like one of the best singers of all time. They have this huge success. You know, it was very high profile with the new singer. And then, but I sat there looking at this sold out crowd and I'm like, 
but a lot of people like the new guy. And a lot of people want to listen. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's like uh, that and that, and that kind of carries across um, with music, obviously, with high profile bands that we were talking about, you know, ACDC, obviously, and Van Halen and Black Flag and Faith No More and all these other bands, not to mention all the 90s bands now, not just Smash Mouth, but, you know, Alice in Chains, Stone Temple Pilots, Sublime. These guys all have new singers and they've all been touring you know, playing festivals for years and years and years with new singers, um, you know, to varying degrees. Like, you know, ACDC is probably the highest level of where, you know, they put an album out, um, Highway to Hell, Bon Scott dies. They come back with a new singer a year later and they put out with the third best selling album in history, Back in Black. So it's like that they pulled that one off pretty well, you know, and Bon Scott's one of my I mean, I love old ACDC. Van Halen, same thing. They were more successful with the new singer, although people don't, you know, some people like him, they some don't people associate, don't. Yeah. yeah, so um it's interesting. And then I thought about um that as a topic as a connection to film. Um with, you know, the new guy, you could, that can go Batman, Spider-Man, James Bond. Yeah, I have a few, I have a few um, that I pulled out of my woodwork to yeah, I mean, discuss I know today. One thing we had in common is the James Bond thing we talked about. I, I kind of got returned on to Moonraker from your podcast. Because yeah. I, I I think I told you the story. Uh, it came out when I was, I think I was like nine years old and I was in Europe. My dad took me and my brother to Europe and we were in somewhere in Europe. And uh, he took us to go see it because it that was like the movie of the week. It just came out. And they wouldn't let us in because I think it was rated R or I don't think it was rated X. It couldn't have been rated X, no, right? No, it couldn't have been. Yeah, so it must have been a hard R at the time or maybe we were in a country where they were more strict or mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't remember. But for whatever reason, we couldn't get in. So I don't think I'd ever, I ever, I had a memory of seeing it. But then when you guys talked about it, I'm like, I don't know if I've actually ever sat and watched Moonraker. And like Quentin was goofing on it and your dad was like loving it. And you, I think you loved it too. Oh, I definitely yeah. loved it. So I watched Ranger. it like whatever that was a couple months ago and I loved it. It's like so good. It has like the best of everything that James Bond, I mean, it's, yeah, it's still cheesy, but I mean, it's so good. I've watched like three times in the last like month. I have too. <laughs> but like as, as a kid of the seventies and eighties, um, my first James Bond was Roger Moore, you know, and I love Sean Connery. I mean, obviously he's, you know, he's, he's like amazing, but, uh, the first, my first uh, James Bond was, um, I want to say, uh, Spy Who Loved Me, right? That's, that's the one with the, in, mm-hmm. e- in, e- in Egypt, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe yeah. so. Um, oh, God, my Bond. My yeah. Bond knowledge is being tested. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the one with uh, Crispin Glover's dad is the bad guy. Oh, they, yeah. They, they, they drop yes. the scorpion yes, on yes, there. Yes, yes, yes. And then Jaws, the pyramid, and the whole thing. So that was like my first memory. Or is that Diamonds Are Forever? Diamonds Are, wait, this, Diamonds Are Forever. Diamonds are so, forever. I'm sorry, Spy Who Loved Me is, is Sean Connery. Yeah, that was yeah. His, okay, okay. Diamonds Are Forever, sorry. Um, so that, that was my first time seeing Bond. And so in in my mind, like Roger Moore was James Bond. And later on, I discovered... He was the new guy. The, yeah, he was the new guy. So, you know, he pulled it off pretty well for a while, yeah. you know? I think it's a great topic. I think we're going to get on. I think we're going to get on in there. To... I think I've rambled so much the topic. We're already out of no, time. No, no, no. We're not out of time. Because <laughs> you know what? I'm going to be starting our timer now. The topic for today is the new guy. But first, it's time for a commercial break. vegetarian, but that doesn't mean I can't enjoy a good spice rub. My favorite place to get them is Smoked Bros, a veteran-owned and operated business that sells premium handcrafted dry rubs, spice blends, and seasonings. Guys, you can even put it on your popcorn. My favorites are Honey Badger, because he doesn't give a bleep, and Jelly and Peanut Flavor Topping, because mm, 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 some things just taste better together. 
The website even has recipes, so go check out smokedbros.com to support a veteran-owned and operated business and fill your cabinet with delicious flavor. And we're back. 30 minutes on the clock and our time starts now. Well, I, I got to ask the first question. How does it feel to be the new guy? Um, it feels uh, simultaneously totally natural and completely bizarre. Um, for some reason, when I auditioned for the gig, you know, I've been in bands for 30 years. I've been a lead singer forever. I've had a zillion bands and put out tons of albums in different genres. And, um, you know, but I never had, you know, any huge success. I just kind of was plugging away, doing my thing. Um and when I saw the ad a couple of years ago, you know, Smash Mouth, new singer, I was like, huh, that's weird. Like, uh, what I, I, like, I don't think I fit into that, but I'll, I'll, you know, on a fluke, I basically just sent him an email. I said like, Hey, you want like, a, you know, I tell everyone, I'm like, Hey, you want a guy with like some nineties tattoos and a dad bod? Like I'm, I could step into that. Here's my YouTube page <laughs> as a kind of like, you know, just as like not taking it too seriously. And, um, they responded pretty quickly and like said, Hey, you know, here, you know, film an audition. I did that. I went, one thing led to another. I flew up to San Jose and, and went, you know, met the guys. And then they narrowed it down and to the final four and I auditioned and I ended up getting the gig. Um, and you know, we, my first show was a festival in Mexico in front of 50,000 people. Like just, okay, you're on. No, we had practiced like three times. Wow. Yeah. Really? It was like Kings of Leon, you know, uh, Blondie, uh, the strokes and us. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, you know, stone cold sober, totally just like, you know, just experiencing the moment. Cause I trained my whole life for that. Like I wasn't nervous at all. It was like, but I didn't know the crowd cause it's, it was a black big, it's a festival. So there's like a black curtain that parts you you're there and there's literally 50,000 wow. people. Yeah. There's footage of it on YouTube. Some guy took drone footage, which is incredible. It's like, it shows it's that must really nice. add to like the out of body experience. Like when then you yeah. want to watch it on a drone footage. It, it was, it was crazy. Um, um, but our drummer, Randy, uh, shout out to Randy Cook, he, uh, right before we went on, like we had a little huddle backstage, like, all right, here we go, this is going to be the show. And he just goes, he pulls out like the the Will Ferrell, like more cowbell. He's like, he's like, Zach, feel free to uh, explore the stage. It's a big stage, you know? So I went out there, I just like totally like worked the crowd and just like was, con- like, it, it was just, it totally clicked. And then people seemed to love it. And every show has been really good since then. And um I had no idea it would be such a natural fit. Like I, I, I thought that my, I, I had a higher voice. I have a different style, whatever. But for whatever reason, it, it seems to be working. People seem to like it. Um, so in that way, it feels totally natural to be the new guy. On the other hand, I'm replacing an iconic front man who has this very distinctive voice and people have this crazy, like very, you know, unlike some other bands where it's just a band like Smash Mouth has this, you know, very iconic, <laughs> iconic, yeah. you know, '90s Shrek thing, meme thing the, going on. The Shrek on. thing is definitely yeah. big shoes to fill. For Maybe sure. we should talk about Shrek for half an hour. I know, right just like start talking about like donkey. <laughs> is there a new, is Puss in Boots the new guy? <laughs> okay, well, I love you know I love Puss in Boots too, specifically too. Like I don't, I haven't seen it. I don't really care about Puss in Boots one, but Puss in Boots That's too. The... You need to. This is what you need to show your children. So it's like Bride of Frankenstein, Road Warrior. It's like yeah, like, it's, it's like, like the, the sequel is better than the, the original. Sequel is definitely better than really the original. For you need to show your sons that. Uh, I think they saw it. I think I think mom took him to see okay, that one yeah. without me. I, I don't think I could take any more Shrek in my life. Well, <laughs> actually, I don't blame you. <laughs> People come in costume. They come in. They 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 throw us, you know, VHS tapes to sign. No and, way, know, really? Oh, oh yeah, they're yeah. The first one of the first shows, someone threw a v a Shrek VHS on stage, 
and was like, you know, get, like here, this is for you, for you, for you, for you. It's like over and over again. So I finally got my attention. I'm like, oh, cool, thanks. I took it. We played the show. We left and like went to the next town. Then I realized when I got home, like, oh, he wanted me to sign. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so our guitar player searched him out and like did detective work and found the guy on social media, and we all signed it and mailed it to him. Oh, I was like, sorry, so I'm the new guy. I don't know about this stuff yet. <laughs> it's it's interesting though, like to call like the new guy because like when we were talking about bands, it's like you definitely have a new guy that fits into like kind of the greater scheme of things and it has a catalog of music that's already been made and then more music that will be made. And then someone like a character like James Bond, it's just like an actor that's being cast right. in a role and like a character. So it is different. Um, I mean, obviously, every I guess Batman and Spider-Man, not as much because they're wearing masks for one thing in terms of bringing their yeah. personality to the role. Um, so I guess if you're like like uh, Max Weinberg, the drummer for the new drummer for Slipknot, I'm sorry, not Max, his son, uh, son uh, Weinberg, Uh he he, he wears a mask, so he's the new he's the quote unquote new guy from Slipknot. But you know he gets to wear a mask, so he blends yeah. in. It's a lot easier, probably. I don't know. I'm like I'm a Toby uh, Toby Maguire Spidey girl. Yeah, I just re- I just rewatched those um, pretty recently for the first time in a long time. There, yeah. You know what though? I, I really love um, Andrew Garfield now. Like as, oh, as an actor, like I did, I wasn't on board at all um, during the Spider Man years. Guy. I don't know. I just he just he seemed too tall and like he just didn't seem like the right body type to me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I just I didn't hate him, but we well, get wasn't. used to the what. What's already on screen? Yeah, and um, but honestly, he did. He's done like a handful of movies now that I just I love, like the the Rent movie he did, the musical. Because mm-hmm. um, I started in Rent a couple years ago, so oh, I'm yeah. like I'm super into Rent. Um, but uh, the, this movie that no one else cares about or sees has seen that I bring up to everyone. This movie called Under the Silver Lake. Oh yeah, which I love. It's like it's like my favorite neo noir of the last like bunch of years. I've, I watch it like all. It's like a comfort movie and has all these amazing L.A. locations and I love it. I think it's a cross between like the big sleep and the big Lebowski. It's, I think it's brilliant, but it totally flopped. Like no, nobody, I yeah. know, nobody, I know, I know a few people it. who like, like that movie. It's like, they either really love it or they've never heard of it. Yeah. It's pretty much. Um, I think the director did. It follows. Mm-hmm. And, I've seen that one. And, yeah. and the myth of the American sleepover. I, think, I, I, yeah, like I haven't seen that, but they're, I've seen but, it follows. They're both great. I mean, I, I, I love it anyway. Um, Andrew Garfield grew on me. And then that TV show he did with the, the Mormon killing thing that, that was yeah that. on Hulu. It was really good. Um, do you think it's better to like put your own spin on it? Like when you're the new guy or well, that's, you, that's, that's the, that's, that's, that's the question right there. So that, that's kind of what you have to do. You have to put your own spin on it, but you also have to be faithful to be like, faithful to the legacy unless you're going for, you know, I mean, the best example of that is probably faith no more because before Mike Patton, they were this like punky band with this like singer that was super iconic and weird. And, um, when Mike Patton joined, he had a completely different voice and they, had a huge career, you know, so you could, you have to, you have to make a conscious decision to say, okay, I'm going to go in a totally new direction with the new guy. We're going to go full on Sammy Hagar, or you have to say, we're going Alice in Chains and you, you want the guy to sound, you know, as much like the old guy as possible. Well, I think there would be a fear that like, it would almost be, I don't want to say mockery because if you're stepping into someone's shoes and like you imitate them so well that all of a sudden it's like, are you just imitating or are you honoring? Like, is it's, there ever that worry? Yeah, the, no, all the time. I mean, um, I tend to have a higher tenor kind of like my natural singing voice is more like, you know, Peter Gabriel or mm-hmm. Elvis Costello or Sting or Pixies or like like more of a higher kind of rangy voice. Um, whereas Steve's voice is very chesty, baritone, throat, chest voice. And so that that was my main concern. Like physically, can I do it? Like, you know, will it tear up my throat? And for some reason, it just seems it just to clicks, it just it just yeah. clicks and it just seems to work. And you know, uh, 
it's it, I don't think I sound that much like him, but pe- I mean, I see the comments and they're like, he sounds exactly like him. So that's so funny. I mean, and also, I think I it helps that like you were like chosen by the band. Like, yeah, they brought you in. They accepted you, right? No, they're yeah, they've been right? amazing. Yeah, right? No, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, they're 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 amazing. They're they're all they've all been great. Um, and they're happy to be working and to have to everyone everybody gets along and you know. So that, that's been awesome. Um, I think part of it is just because I have a background in theater and, you know, acting mm-hmm. and um, performing and yeah. performing and, and doing plays and memorizing scripts and doing voiceovers and things like that. So I I'm pretty good at like just, you know, grabbing onto something and doing it. Say, hey, do this in an English accent, do this and whatever. So it's like I kind of can imitate him enough where it sounds close enough to be good and add my own little flair to it. Yeah, so we... I don't like to talk about my flair. Yeah, don't talk about your flair. Stop talking about your flair. <laughs> with with all these, like, bands that have, like, the old guy and new guy, do you ever, like, do you like both? Are you able to like both? Or are you like, I like the old guy or I like the new guy? Um. Well, I mean... Uh, I mean... Because it's different. It's, like, different but the same. It is. Well, the, the most... The, the biggest... I mean, the ongoing biggest argument is Van Halen. That's the number one. Okay, like, tell, me know, about, tell me about... Tell me what everyone, this argument... Everyone, so I'm not a music person. Yeah, you're younger and you're, you're not, like, the hard rock no, fan. No, no, no. I'm, like, a pop... I'm, like, a pop yeah. girl. Um, well, like, ACDC, Bon Scott and Brian Johnson are both awesome. Like, mm-hmm. they're both... Highway to Hell and Back in Black are both iconic metal... So it's, like, no one really says, I hate the new guy because he's just... He, he just worked. Um... You know, same with like a band like Black Flag, where you know people have different favorite of their different whatever four singers, but you know Henry Rollins tend basically became like the the, the iconic frontman of that band. Um, but with Van Halen, for whatever reason, Diamond Dave was such a personality, and they were so huge. Like if you're old enough to be around in summer of '84 when that album came out, and Panama and Jump and all that, I mean MTV, it was like the biggest thing ever. And it was awesome. It was like, you know, I'm not a big metal guy, but I mean, they were, you know, Van Halen's like, you know, one of the, you know, iconic American bands of all time. And um, right at the peak of that, Dave quit and went solo mm. and they got Sammy Hagar in. And Sammy Hagar w- was successful in his own right, but it was a different vibe. He was more of like a, he was just Sammy, you know? So he was just so, you know, and I don't know. I, I, I was not a fan. I was, um, I never bought an album after, you know, I was totally anti-new oh, guy. Really? Yeah, I was totally anti-new guy. Um, for many, many years. And, uh, it was only in the last like 10 years that, um, my old bass player who was like younger and was a Van Hagar fan. He was like, you have to watch the concert movie live without a net, which is like the, the, the concert, the live movie they made just after he joined, I guess. And it's awesome. It's like, it's total Van Halen, but with him singing. And, uh, I, I thought it was really impressive. And so he kind of grew up, like, I still not a, the biggest fan of their music. Cause it's a little more poppy and lightweight than the Roth years, but, you know, Sammy as a person, I think is awesome. And he had the last laugh because he's living his best life right now. What about when the new guy performs the old guy's music, though? Oh, so that, that was that was so that was one yeah. of the, in that band specifically. I don't remember the the exact demands, even though I just read his biography. Um, but he I think Sammy basically refused to sing oh, really? old Van Halen stuff, except for I think they did Panama, and maybe one other one. I don't know if they did. Ju- I don't think they did jump. I, I definitely did Panama. That might be the only one. So that that was the incredible thing is that they didn't rest on their laurels. They made a new album. Mm. They, they continued to make new albums and they had huge smash hits and they sold, even though they're the biggest band in the world before Sammy joined, they ended up selling more records after he joined. Wow. Yeah. Um, but they were all like, you know, they're all like super radio friendly, you know, like love song type of things, you know. I guess um, that's why they sold so many. I guess it was just their moment, too. But um, so, yeah, th- so they, they were you have to respect a band that can play a two hour concert 
and not play any of their old hits. Just yeah. just play new stuff and also and be like, successful at it. The thing that people probably want to hear, they probably want to hear some of the old hits. And so it's, of course, it's could really you, nerve wracking. Like going to could the... you imagine going to see like Led Zeppelin and them not playing Stairway to Heaven? It's like no. uh, you know, or going to see Smash Mouth and we're not going to play All Star tonight. You know, going to Carly Rae Jepsen <laughs> and she doesn't play Call Me Maybe. Exact, Come on, exactly, exactly, same thing. <laughs> My nightmare, absolutely worst. So yeah, you you you, but they did it. Yeah, I don't know. So I think they're the only ones that did it. Do you think it matters like why the new guy is replacing the old guy? think it matters why the new guys are because uh, i've been thinking about this because like for example one of these like new guys versus old guys that i okay i did not grow up watching bewitched mm. but my dad did mm-hmm. and dick york That's and dick sargent yeah. it's the famous one sure. and it's partially because dick york had a back injury and he like literally physically was not able to continue and they we didn't con- know that when we were kids yeah and he continued on as long as they could and then they started introducing dick sargent who kind of took over yeah. and he played the character differently because like dick york playing um darren he was like shocked by the magic and then the whole reasoning behind sergeant was that like by the time that he stepped in he his character would not have been as shocked by the magic right yeah yeah no i remember being a thing when i was a kid for sure um before you know the internet discussion groups existed just like you know like what's going on here i mean same with and they're both named dick which is that was weird and then i think marilyn from the adams family too which they replaced her Mm -hmm. um the other one that was big when i was a kid was um when they did the uh, Brady Bunch reunion specials and, yeah. they, and Jan and like Jan didn't do the reunions. So they had a different actress playing Jan <laughs> in like very Brady Christmas or Brady Brides or one of those like made for TV movies that I was super, I was super into Brady Bunch. As a kid. What is, what is that? Um, <laughs> oh God, I can't remember the TV show name right now, but like Alfalfa's on it. Uh, oh, the, oh our gang, little rascals yeah, yeah like yeah. little rascals our gang i think there's like through the season like one of the characters like at first it's like a girl and then it's like a boy and girl or it's like a it's a boy and then it's a girl in boys clothing and then it's like a boy again like they really? keep on yeah there's like a few I, episodes I, I used to be really into little I rascals need to, i need to find and it's the all episode. filmed in culver city oh really yeah it's i all, didn't know yeah. that um yeah, if you watch the old ones, if you, you get the box sets and you could see like when they do like the drag races on the street, you could, you could recognize Washington Avenue and Culver Hotel and all that oh, stuff. So yeah, same, same with Laurel and Hardy, all the Hal Roach stuff. God, I love all this LA. Hal stuff. Roach Studios was 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 Sony. Yeah. Um, but uh, well, the Little Rascals would change their ca- entire cast every few years. Oh, would they? Yes, okay. they they had different eras. So they they had like before Spanky and Alfalfa and Darla and Buckwheat. There was a whole another silent. I love a whole, Spanky. I love all. Spanky's I was, my favorite. Well, you know Jackie um, Jackie uh, Cooper. Who the actor who played um, he played the boss in um, the Superman movies in the eighties? He was a, he was a, he was a little rascal, and so oh, and yeah. so so was um, Robert Blake. Oh my God! It's kind of like the, 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 Disney... the totally not guilty murderer Robert Blake. Yeah, it's like he was Mickey Gubatowski in the old Little Rascals. It's like the Disney Mouseketeers before the Mouseketeers. Exactly, Ryan Ryan and uh, yeah. Ken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so and then the other so yeah Jan and then the other the other one that was big for me in the nineties, which was weird, was when they made the Twin Peaks movie. And uh, they were the fire walk with me. Yeah. And they they replaced um, what's her name um, with Moira Kelly. um, I don't know. I watched that on a date. What's the brunette's name? I'm drawing a blank. It's been 30 years. I've watched that on a date and like I totally don't remember. any Lana, Lara Flynn Boyle. Oh, I Uh, love her. So, yeah, for the for the TV for the movie, they she was replaced for inexplicably by Moira Kelly. Which wow. I was fascinated by. That was never explained. Yeah, and they just and. But then again, actually, speaking of Robert Blake, yeah. Then in his other movie, they, he just changed out the lead actor halfway through the movie. In, oh uh, yeah. In Lost Highway. And then also the um, <laughs> the oh my god we j- I just watched it for the Bev calendar, um, the movie. Oh god, I can't. Why can't I remember the name? Not Discreet Charm and the Bourgeoisie. Um, Eating Raoul. 
no. Oh gosh, I'm gonna come back to this. Oh, the the Fellini one. The, the no, other? no, not, no, not Fellini. It's um, it double feature with discrete charm of the bourgeoisie. Um, where it's like he has two actresses playing the same. Yeah, character. I heard you talk. I've never seen that one. I can't. I can't. That was one of my believe blind I'm spots. blanking on the name. Oh my gosh, drats. Anyway, I have the schedule right on my desk. There I know. No, it's okay. <laughs> uh, but it's funny though because it's like you have all these people that are like playing the same character, and I think also for Twin Peaks, it's like you can attribute to that. Oh, that's just David Lynch. Dream logic. Or... Yeah, he's just doing dream logic. Yeah. But there is like some production reason as to why she did not return. Like in um, Back to the Future, what was it, 3, when Crispin Glover didn't? Well, and that that created that whole entire, there's a whole clause in SAG now because of that. Right. Because yeah. they used like a guy that looked, for those of you that don't know the story, when Crispin Glover did not return to Back to the Future, I think it was the second one, um, as the father character, they basically had a stand-in pretend to be him, and it mm-hmm. looked like him, and it kind of, I think they sounded like him, but it wasn't him, and he sued and won, and now um, there's a whole rule about it. I forget what, the rule has a really yeah. cool name. It, it's basically the night or the 80s version of ai yeah it's like it's like real life ai just yeah. replacing it you know and you're like you can't that's, that's like you know you can't do that but i think two two is actually the best one uh, i love two i i like i like one and two i, I mean one, like, one is you, obviously great but when but you watch one and two back to back it's so perfect speaking of one to show my kids so i finally showed them one uh back, Did they like back it? to the future and they, yeah they really liked it but i waited till like pretty recently because you know we, we, we always check like common sense media to see if it's appropriate for kids you know and Mm-hmm. And you find out that a lot of these 80s movies are not appropriate for kids that you thought that were. I mean, I guess it's fine, but I'm, I tend to be more protective because my parents weren't. You know? Yeah, there's this website called, I think it's called uh, Does the Dog Die? Oh, yeah. And you can go on and it'll give you like a bunch of tags for like a bunch of stuff that happens. We in the use movie. Common Sense Media, which is basically yeah. the same thing. So it's, it's basically a user, you know, the parents say, you know, all good except for the date rape scene, which is, you know, highly inappropriate. So, <laughs> so that was the scene that I was worried about, the, the car scene. Yeah. Um, where Biff like tries to rape her basically. <laughs> and, um, but it goes by, we, so we finally watched it and I was like, well, I was like waiting for it to happen. It goes by so quick. And then the good guy, Crispin Glover comes in and, and punches, punches him. him. And so it's, it, it kind of went over quick and it was not a big deal. Um, but then we didn't have time to watch the second one back to back. So it's like, it's been in the queue for like six months now. And I got to get to that. No, um, you got to get to that with yeah. your kids. But the other one was Goonies. I was like, oh, this is totally kid-friendly. And it's like really scary and lots Goonies, of cursing. Goonies is kid-friendly though. I mean, okay. Like, I guess, but, but they're like five. Like that's a little, I think okay, okay, it was a couple five. years ago. I'm trying to remember when I first saw Goonies though. I turned out fine. Yeah. I'm, you I'm, turned out fine. Yeah. I, it's not going to be, I mean, it's not going to be scarred. The worst is they'll have these, you know, big DVD collections of cult movies from Vinegar Syndrome and Severin. <laughs> that They'll have to cart from house to house for the rest of their lives like me. You know, they, that's what happens. You get hooked on cult movies early. You know? Oh yeah. Then, well, then you have them for the rest of your life, but it's important to get um, hooked on physical media like I mean like 28 days later you can't get the DVD of that you can't stream it it's like one of the hardest movies to find right now because it's all tied up with rights issues yeah there's definitely a few of those goes for so much money right now it's crazy how much 20 days later is worth I don't think I have it I'm trying to think I know now you're like (laughs) oh where is mine I haven't watched that one since it came out I know I I haven't seen it I don't remember that I don't remember it that well I just remember there's like that one shot of like I think he's like looking up and like a zombie blood like drips in someone's eyeball <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I, I've literally. I, I think I'd resisted seeing that one for years because I, th- I got I conflated it with uh, Sandra Bullock, Twenty Eight Days, the rehab movie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to see a movie about rehab. It's funny when I was younger, <laughs> I used to like argue about like the Twenty Eight Days Later thing with everyone because I'm like, it's not a zombie movie; it's a rage film, and it's like I'm so persnickety in my wow. seventeen year old yeah, mind. Like a boss. <laughs> <laughs> so. When you have new guy versus old guy, James Bond, yep. you got to talk about it. Because for you, James Bond, Roger Moore, like, was the OG for you when you watched it. And yeah. then you find out later he is the new guy. And then eventually he becomes the old guy. I was pretty snobby about Bond uh, when, in high school because I actually, you know, 
just I have to admit, I don't think I've ever seen the Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan ones. I, I have. I, th- I think I seen. One, I think I saw one of them, and I just never. It's not that I was like super anti. I was just like, oh, it's like. It's, what about the Daniel Craig ones? You've seen those? I, I love the Daniel Craig. I think you know I was as anti as any. Oh, blonde Bond, da da da. da and then I saw it. And I was like, this is amazing. You know, I love Daniel Craig now. Um, what about Lazenby? Have you seen Lazenby? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, he was great. Uh, I mean, Majesty's Secret Service is one of the is a great uh, Bond. I haven't rewatched it super recently, but it has one of the best. Um, End title songs with Louis Armstrong. Yeah. We have all the time in the world. Um, now, he was good. I don't really remember him specifically being better or worse than anybody else, but he was fine. Yeah. I like, uh, I read the thing that Roger Moore said where he was like, look, no one will believe that I can beat up a man like Sean Connery could. Right. But I can make him laugh. Right. He, and so he was like, I'm going to put, just like how we talked about, he's going to put his complete own he played spin. It for laughs, yeah. He played it for laughs. He's yeah. like, just totally gonna do that and i wish i think pierce brosnan succeeded in i heard he's good i need to watch those i don't think i've watched those movies and i noticed that timothy dalton my guy friends love those movies but like i don't i don't find him i got kind of bored with them in the 80s because everything was about the cold war and russians it just got kind of repetitive that makes sense like the subject matter itself rather yeah i just wasn't super interested in like i think uh when they have a really interesting you know villain is when um it's more interesting to me. Yeah. And I also, the thing about Bond that's interesting is we talked about how like with the David Lynch fi- or Firewalk with me when he replaces the actors, it was just like a, a David Lynch thing. With Bond, there's this whole debate. Okay. Is Bond the same guy throughout this entire series or is James Bond like um like a pseudonym? Like, is he mm. just an agent? Like, is he a different person for each of these or not? I th- I, th- I just think it's an endless reboot, right? With Batman, like how many times have they done that? And you can just like tell, like, I'm glad they finally stopped like leaning into the origin story with, you know, the parents getting killed and the whole thing. It's like every time they make the movie again, they have to tell the whole story again. It's like, just, just pick it up later on in the story, you know? Um, I don't know about, I don't know. I, cause I mean, how could you have, like, I think 007 is like an agent and like anyone could be 007. No, that's true. Cause that's the, that's how, yeah, the, that's, that's how, how the last movie ended, And like, right? I think James Bond is like, anyone could be James Bond. Like they could just put anyone in like in the universe itself. Mm. But some people I know are like, no, James Bond is the same person because like, oh, his wife and stuff. Yeah. And- I think it's, I think it's an actual person. I mean, 007 is deaf because uh, did you see the newest movie? Yeah, I did. So that's, that, Unfortunately. they basically, I, I thought it was really good. Uh, um, but they, they basically, you know, they have a new 007 basically, but it's not, but she's not James Bond. Yeah. But, um, I don't like that. Really? I don't like it. I don't I, like it. I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I guess I'm guessing I'm hating on the new girl. So not the new guy, but the new girl. The new girl. I wonder if she's going to be. Are they going to make a movie? I thought that was just. I don't know. Maybe, the story maybe they will make, make. I don't know. Maybe. I don't think they're going to have a female James Bond. I mean, no. If it, but I do think. No. The patriarchy will okay. allow the okay. box office okay. to. Let's be real. I'm going to be real really quick. My favorite thing about James Bond is that he beats anyone up right. regardless of who they are. Like when he fights Bambi and Thumper and Diamonds Are Forever, like in that weird pool. Oh, yeah. It's so freaking badass that Bambi and Thumper are like. Is that the using... one where he chokes out the woman though? That's like, that was I kind think of, he chokes out the woman. That kind of freaked you know me out as a kid. <laughs> it kind of freaks you out. But you know what though? He does not discriminate. If you're trying to kill right. him, he will get you. I'm, I'm down with that. I thought your favorite thing was Daniel Craig and those, those little tidy, those little short. <laughs> Definitely not. Daniel. Sorry to Daniel Craig Aww. if you're listening to this, but you're not my favorite Bond. Uh, He's pretty badass, though. I liked it. I I, I think I like got Daniel Craig uh, fatigue because I saw he was in so many movies. He was like he in was. that like Ghost La- House Layer movie, cake. but he was in like a Ghost House movie, and then he was in that um, Cowboys versus Aliens movie. Yeah, I saw all of those in theaters, and I was just like Daniel Craig'd out. So, are you a fan of the uh, the uh, what's the Knives Out series? No. Yeah, I, I 
I liked him. His voice, his act, his accent really bothered me. But uh, and I didn't love the first one. And the, I kind of felt the same about both. I thought they were really well made and really interesting. But I just did. They didn't super grab me. Yeah, I, I think know. everyone has like their pet peeves, like in movies. And like Quentin, like he hates sex scenes that have food in them. Sex scenes with food. That's like what. So he must have like hated. Well, he I'm actually to think does of an hate. Example. Well, the the cook, the thief, the wife, and her lover. Oh, I that like, he does not like that movie. I saw it recently. I was I liked it. I enjoyed it. But like for me. I don't like vomiting. Oh yeah, the worst. And I and that was like in the Knives Out thing, wasn't there? Like a whole vomit, like whatever she lies or whatever. Oh my God, she what, I just watched a movie on the on the plane. What uh, what did I just watch? Uh, oh, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Triangle of Sadness. Oh yeah, and that has the whole. I was actually told by my friends Gala it has like a half an hour of like. Yeah, they uh, they told me Gala just so you know there is like half an hour of vomiting in this movie and di- an active diarrhea and that's like the other thing. Diarrhea. That's the other thing. Like I coming hate. out of the. I'm like, what are you? Why that's, are you showing that's this? That's the other thing I hate. I hate oh. diarrhea and I hate butt jokes in movies. Like so, everything oh. everywhere all at once when they have to grab the thing and they're like, I want to put the statue at my butt to change. I hated that. <laughs> uh, bridesmaids when the bride is in the street pooping. Hated yeah. that. What about Quentin? Uh, what about the Christopher Walken scene with the watch up his ass? Sorry, I don't like it. <laughs> Did your dad I write don't, that? <laughs> I don't think so. Dad, if you're listening, didn't um, like it. So, did you see Triangle of Sadness yet? No, because so, I don't uh, have any desire to see it. And like, there's a few things. And like, my friend, uh, when we, my film, com- my film club came to town. And we were deciding what we we're going to watch because they were there for like three days. And so we ended up seeing Shane and Monty Walsh. But the other choice was Gummo. And my friends know I don't like any kind of animal abuse or anything. I almost wore my Gummo shirt today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to try good, to impress you. Good with choice. Cool. You didn't. With, I, I like the Black Sabbath I my Black shirt. Sabbath shirt. Uh, the movie, not the band. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like they know I don't like animal abuse. And they're like, we're not going to make you see Gummo. I know you'd sit up with us yeah, with the Gummo, a, but a, I know your fist would be clenched like that Arthur meme where like Arthur like has his like fist clenched. That'll be me in Gummo. Uh, yeah, that's a rough one. But uh, just to wrap up, so Triangle of Sadness, I, I, I hated the first act because it's, it's like three distinct acts. Yeah. I hated the first act. I despised the second act and I loved the third act. It's all on an, an island. Without giving it away, like, was it totally different or like what? It's a different you... setting. So like the basically the first act is like two models arguing for a half an hour, like mm. literally just arguing about money. And the second act is all on a boat when everyone gets sick and then starts barfing and all this crazy stuff happens. And it's like, kind even of like thinking about that, it's gross. But then the third act, I don't want to spoil anything, but they're, they basically are on a desert island and the way things progress is so interesting and not expected that it's really, really, it's worth seeing just for that. Like it's a cool movie, but I, I fast forwarded over half the barf scenes. I couldn't take it. It was so graphic. Yeah. Hate, I'm definitely yeah. not watching that. I don't like, yeah, I don't like animal abuse or barfing. And if you <laughs> I think eat, we don't you, like the same <laughs> things. So. Yeah, did you ever watch that show? Lillehammer? No. The, the one that uh, little Steven made after Sopranos. No, it's, I don't watch like a ton of, I watch a ton of reality TV, but not a ton of scripted television. It's, it's, well, fun fact, it's, it was actually the first show ever on Netflix. The very first Netflix oh, really? show. It was, wow. right, it was right before House of Cards. So it's like t- whatever, 10, 12 years ago. Great show. He basically plays the same character he plays in Sopranos, but he's in witness relocation. He goes, moves to Norway, fish out of water. It's really good. But the very first scene of the pilot is killing a dog. And I'm like, I'm out, but I stuck with it and I'm glad I did. So sometimes I can make it. <laughs> well, it was interesting. Um, so my dad was up for doing um, American Psycho, the, like to adapt American Psycho. In, oh, before? Like, yeah, before it was. Yeah. Um, and he, because he had worked with Brett before, obviously. And he just didn't want to do it because that dog sequence in the book, it said it's really, really graphic. Ugh. And uh, he, so he declined it because of the dog killing. And then he woke up in the middle and I was like, okay, I figured out how to do it. And he called him and I'm like, oh, sorry, we already got someone. But I think the movie turned out. 
great. It's a masterpiece. And I like American Psycho because it's made all by women. I was going to say, I was going to say, and women wrote it's it a, and directed it. And too. produced it too. Yeah. Roberta Hanley is yeah. the female producer on it. I so. need to rewatch that. I used to watch that a lot back when it came out, like that and like Fight Club and a couple other ones. And I, I, I kind of overdosed on those and I haven't rewatched them in yeah. a while. I'm but not I mean, a fight, I'm not a Fight Club fan. I like Fight. I, it's not one of my big, big movies, but uh, you know, it's, it's. I saw it with my ex. Kind of a, kind so maybe of a, that's kind maybe of that's a, kind of a classic. <laughs> There were some good 90s, uh, 2000s movies that have, I mean, I have a lot of, that I come back to, like Ghost World, one of my all-time favorites. Sideways, I love Sideways, like Alexander Payne. It's so funny, like, I like I remember like, like Ghost World, I saw that movie, I was at a, a film school summer camp at Pepperdine, and I saw it like there, and I was like on, I don't know, it's weird. It's like weird when you like have like, a memory of exactly where you saw a movie. Yeah, yeah. You should rewatch that. It's it's so rewatchable. It holds up so well. Because I was I was a huge the guy who wrote the comic that it was based on Daniel Klaus. I mm-hmm. was like super into his comic book Eight Ball in the nineties, um, and so he made uh, Ghost World. They did um, Art School Confidential. Um, I think another one. But uh, so I was I already knew all the source material. So I was super into yeah. and and that was also the first time Scarlett Johansson was you know I heard of her. Yeah, and, Steve and she's Buscemi. great in the movie. She's great. Yeah, and just the whole it it was so well done with. Um, Sticking to the graphic novel, I love. Yeah, it. I love Klaus. Um, he, I kind of lump him in with um Charles Burns, like who did Black Hole. Have you ever seen his Charles work? Charles Burns, Black Hole. I hope. Oh God, I hope you, that's his name. <laughs> you might, you might have st- Black Hole is that the movie? It's, no, movie? no, it's a it's a comic book. Oh no, no. Oh, it's really I'm good. It's about one. these kids that um start getting like all these physical deformities on them, but it's actually an STD. Uh-huh. So it's like a sexually transmitted disease, but like it shows like in horns and like all this stuff and they can't figure out why it's happening. Oh, I it's really, I like him because of his heavy use of black ink, like when he does his comic books. Sure. Yeah. I was, I haven't, I kind of got out of the graphic novel. I, it, was just too, it was just too much. Well, but. your son's back in it. Yeah, yeah. And I still, I still have my three long boxes of comics in the garage. So when he's ready, I have, I have oh, that's everything so for good. him still. Yeah. My dad did that to me too. I got all my X-Men from the eighties and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, my dad did that. I remember I got um at school I got like banned for reading Sandman. They actually Sandman. took my book away because it had nudity in it. Oh, there was some in the early in the nineties there was like Faust, that was a gnarly one. Um yeah. Lobo. There was there was some like hard they got pretty graphic in some of those. Yeah, they did. Yeah. It's just funny though. I had um I also took the stand to school and they took the stand away from me. They're like, This is too mature for you at a seventh Banning grade. Banning books. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Man, just like you cannot watch. We could do a whole nother podcast on just Stephen King adaptions and yeah well I had Mick on and he uh oh, yeah. he adapted several of them that's so right was, yeah, was most great. of them have been pretty good yeah I, mean, I think they are pretty good I think I there's a realize, lot to choose from I didn't realize like a dead zone was always one of my favorites as a kid and oh I, my god dead zone's so good best, is David Cronenberg yeah I, I didn't even know that till like yesterday I think on on PCP they mentioned that and I'm no, like I oh, make wow. everyone watch that yeah. everyone has to watch dead zone I love dead zone oh oh we just hit the dead zone we hit our dead zone that's funny <laughs> <laughs> our time is up Zach, no. is there any final thought that you'd like to leave the audience with? Um, go watch something besides superhero movies. <laughs> and uh, listen like what, to... What would, if you could recommend one movie to the audience to go watch? Oh, my God. Um, well, I've mentioned a bunch already. Um, I mean, the ones that formed me were, the, you know, the, the like 70s. You know, Harold and Maude is probably... If someone says, what's your favorite movie? I always say Harold and Maude. That's a great that choice. Was, you know, that one's... That one's I'll say Harold Maude. Why not? Yeah. And I'm going to say to live and die in LA because I saw that for the first time last yeah, night. So that's a I'm favorite. Gonna, and I cannot stress this enough. Whenever anyone says, go watch a movie, do not look it up on letterboxd. Don't read reviews to decide if you want to see it. Right. Just go see it. Yeah. That's the best. Certain movies that you've seen throughout my life have been total surprises like that. Like I saw, I walked into Braveheart like that when really? it first came out. No, I'm like, Oh, Mel Gibson directed a movie. Okay. I'll go see it. And I was like, it blew my mind. You know, that, that happens. Sixth sense. Another one. 
that that's one that like if you don't know the ending to yeah. Sixth Sense, you should go watch that immediately right. because my dad ruined that for me. I was next to the washing machine in our old house, and he's like, "You're not going to remember the ending of this," and then proceeded to tell me. And yeah, you, dad, I still remember. It's not super rewatchable because once you know, you know. Once you know, you know that, and also my dad. Sorry, dad, I'm just like harping on you right now. Uh, he also ruined the ending of Bicycle Thieves for me. When oh, I, was, I haven't watched like, that in years. I don't remember. When the I was ending. like 15, I think that one I've forgotten because it's not as iconic. But right. uh, I remember he was like, "You're not going to remember before you watch." Well. Don't spoil it. Yeah, don't spoil it. Come on, don't spoil it. Uh, so yeah, go watch 70s movies because they're the best. Yeah. And, you know, film noir and then also 80s teen exploitation. Yeah. <laughs> go do it. Thank you so much to Zach for coming on the show. If you'd like to keep up with Zach, you can find him on Instagram at Divided by Zach or on his website, ZachGoody.com. That is Z-A-C-H-G-O-O-D-E.com. I'm Gala Avery, and this has been The Gala Show. The Gala Show is brought to you by Insertomatic. This episode was executive produced by Roger Avery and produced by Gala Avery. Music composed by Andy Milburn. As always, I'm your host, Gala Avery. Copyright 2023, all rights reserved. Despite me sharing the same last name with this charity, I don't have any affiliation with it, besides the fact that the issue is very near and dear to my heart. Did you know that in the United States, 2.7 million children currently have a parent in prison, and it's estimated that 10 million children have experienced parental incarceration at some point in their lives? I was one of these kids, and as an adult, I am really grateful to be able to give back to Project Avery. Their mission is to build leadership from within by supporting community through programs such as mentoring and outdoor education, and also to remove the stigma surrounding having a parent that's incarcerated. You don't have to feel alone. If you know a kid who could use these resources or would like to donate money or time to the charity, please go to Project Avery, that's A-V-A-R-Y dot org, to check out what this amazing charity is all about. Again, that's Project Avery dot org. Thank you guys from the bottom of my heart.